this product called the Bear Hugger, and it's a warming device. And basically, it's this blanket that has little holes in it, and it's attached to a machine that sits on the floor, and there's a tube that shoots hot air um, up into the blanket, and then through the little holes, this hot air goes onto the person's body. The problem with that is that the hot air then is going onto the body um, and overflowing down over the sides mm-hmm. of the the, uh, the table, hitting the floor. Now hot air rises, so yeah. it's picking up the the de- you know the bacteria, the debris that's on the floor, and that can then rise back up with the hot air rising, yeah. and then it's into that surgical area. Prioritizing profits, prioritizing, prioritizing pro- dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug, and Product Cases. And other interesting legal things. Fun facts (laughs) and uh, recent stories and then news, recalls. We try to cover just about every base there is. Juicy things that incite uh, lots of commentary and some uh, ire on the... On the social sites. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Anything to keep the interest and uh, maybe get a few laughs here and there. Exactly. And try to avoid as many uh, personal attacks on us as, yeah. as we can. But that's all right. We're, we're tough-skinned, aren't we? So how, how's your last week gone? How's, how's everything going so far? How are you feeling today? Uh, actually, I feel really awesome. Um, really good week. I had mentioned last week that I was starting doing um, some some serious training, some serious weight training. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So that's that's been good. I've had a couple of sessions so far. Really enjoying it. How did how did the first few go? Um, really good. So I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I work out a lot, but I, you know, when you're doing it on your own, you don't necessarily push yourself really hard. And I wasn't yeah. trying to do really heavy weights. I always kind of was one of those people who was a little worried, like I didn't want to bulk up too much, which I mean, it's pretty impossible anyway. Mm-hmm. With that, you know. It's always funny when I hear people say that because it's like, as a guy that goes to the gym and that's all <laughs> we want, exactly it's that. like, it, it is insanely hard for us to, for, to people to oh, bulk yeah. up and to yeah. put on muscle. So the concern of like, oh, I don't want to lift too much weight. I might get base. Like, okay, it's a lot harder than you yeah, think. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it doesn't just accidentally happen. And yeah. you walk out of the out of the gym after the first day, like, oh, shit, Damn. nothing's going to fit me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, not. But uh, but actually just for, for like health reasons, osteoporosis, really, I want to do some more weight bearing. And, and so heavier weights, um, definitely low on the spine. Um, so uh, it's been good. It's been, I, I mean, and I'm actually like having fun with it. It's not like one of those things where I dread, I go in there yeah. for, you know, an hour and, and um, I'm really liking it. My trainer's sure. awesome. Um, she's pretty impressive. She's like won some, uh, what is that, powerlifting titles and that sort of thing. So anyway, again, I don't think that's like right around the corner for me, but, um, but who knows? That's good to hear that you're enjoying it. I think for a lot of people working out is like that one hour or, you know, that one activity, a few activities a week that they, they don't look forward to, you know, yeah, it's something they get, know that they should. It. Yeah, exactly. You get through it. They know they should be doing it. and afterwards they probably feel great, but it's the leading up to and during it. They're not a big fan of. So it's good. You're enjoying it. And yeah, I'm, I look forward to it. So. Yeah. And I know what you mean too. It's like, and when you're by yourself, it's kind of hard to push yourself. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people like to have workout buddies or go to the gym with other people is because when you have someone else watching you and like waiting on you and you know, pushing you. Yeah, cheering uh, you on. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's good stuff, good stuff. It, it is, it is. So it's good that you're getting along with your trainer as well. I feel like that, it's like, it's a, it's almost like a therapist. You got to make sure that <laughs> that relationship's good, you know, yeah. or, or the entire thing falls apart. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and how about you? I know you've got like a lot of exciting stuff coming up. In fact, um, we will not be recording next week because you yeah. have such a crazy schedule, but we will still be releasing a podcast, some I think best ofs and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, until we get back the next week. But why don't you um, give us a little, a little information about what's happening in the life of Ben Showered? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, June, I kind of always knew June was going to be a crazy month. I mean, right off the top of my head too is moving. You know, this is when my lease is coming up at the end of June. Um, And thank God we found a place. I'm living with my buddy, John. We got a two-person little townhome, but it's pretty big. It's pretty big and has nice-sized rooms, both master bedrooms. Um, But that's going to be happening next week, which is moving. It's it's exciting going to a new place, but the moving process is always awful, (laughs) awful. Um, and then outside of the podcast and Shard Law Firm, I work in Web3, so like NFTs and, and crypto and everything around that area. Um, and for anyone that's unfamiliar with NFTs, I feel like it's kind of a very memeable thing right now. Um, but the, it, spans, it stands for non-fungible token, um, which is essentially just a way to prove ownership over an online asset. Um, and, and the simplest way you could probably think of it is like with sports tickets or concert tickets, something like that is where, you know, you have an online asset that you can verify is owned by a certain individual. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for why I think that tech is valuable, but you know, a lot of the stories that get blown out of proportion, you know, kind of like the McDonald's thing, right? They, they write like the most, uh, clickbaity type of titles is like this NFT sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars, which they do. Um, And it's a picture of a monkey, you know, some absurd thing, which, you know, it is crazy. There's a lot of pretty stupid stuff that goes on in NFTs. Um, But for the project that I've been working on, I've been working with them for a little over a year now, but the last eight to nine months has been releasing a new NFT collection under our, our already established brand. And what is, what is that project? Uh, So, so the project is, or our organization is called Monkey Dow, but the NFT collection that we own is called Solana Monkey Business, um, which is on Solana blockchain. And uh, it's pretty much a top collection on Solana. I mean, when, when Solana was up at like $200 per, per soul. Uh, good old days. Like good old days, yeah. I mean, each monkey was worth 30 grand. Like when I owned, when I won mine, it was, it was 30 grand for, for my NFT, which is insane to think about. Well, and so, and when you say each monkey, I mean, basically it's a piece of art. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I guess I had always kind of heard it described as being like almost like trading cards. Yeah. How people used to trade like either baseball cards or then like the Pokemon things, that sort of thing. So it's a piece of art, but Mm -hmm. like digital art. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to think about it. And there's a lot of comparisons to trading cards with the way that it collects work and you know rarities and everything right. along yeah those I get lines. all excited if there's one that's really impossible to find yeah really exactly. special attributes and that sort of thing exactly so um, ours is is it's pixelated monkeys and and it's you know, a lot of people love the art you know I think a lot of people kind of see it as this pixelated and very dumb and very easy but pixel art is very hard to create if you've actually you know tried putting together a pixel collection I and have do not. It. yeah <laughs> I don't even know where to start it looks super simple <laughs> yeah it looks super simple but it, but it is difficult and um the owning that nft gets access to the monkey dot community which is i in my mind a very valuable community you know we have a lot of like insanely smart people when i was working on the board um i don't know if people have heard of FanDuel. oh yeah yeah i think that's yeah massive sports betting website so one of the co-founders leslie was actually on the board with me and so we were working with her on working on a raise um 
Sai, who's a Harvard securities lawyer. Uh, he, he helped us form our C-Corp, Delaware C-Corp. So we actually are an official organization that we can own a bank account and we can sign contracts under the um, business or organization name um, and various other types of you know experienced individuals in their own fields. And so all these individuals come together and try to contribute to the greater greater good of the organization. and So it's almost like a big corporation, it sounds like, almost. Yeah, so what, it's called DAO, or Monkey DAO, because DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, right. which essentially is like a company ran by its stockholders or shareholders. And instead of it being like a, um, you know, you have a board for usual company, instead of that, the NFTs count as like a stock. And so if you own an NF, one of the Gen 2s, one of the SMBs, Solana Monkey businesses, then you can vote on everything that happens. And so that's what ends up happening is that when we have any big decisions that we need to make, we just put up a vote for the community and they get to decide what happens. And it doesn't even have to be something that we create. You know, anyone in the community can put up a vote. And if it gets enough support, then it gets pushed through and, and we act on it. Wow. Yeah. Exciting um, stuff. Yeah, and then we've been working on a collection for the last nine months of uh, another 15,000 monkeys. Wow. Yeah, so um, I was trying to explain this, and I was trying to say, okay, they're going to release them, but it's actually, you, you call it minting yeah. them, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that's... But, it, but, it, but it's basically releasing for sale or yep. what is, I mean, how, how is it minted? It's, it, makes, it sounds like a coin, you know, like they stamp it or something. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what it is, is when it minting it, it refers to essentially establishing it on the blockchain. Okay. Like when you stamp oh, okay. a coin, it's, it's, it's right. being created, it's being um, it's published on the blockchain. So it's oh, there. That makes so much sense. So, so you, the art is created, yeah. but then when it's minted is when it's like available on the blockchain and then you sell it on the blockchain. Chain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I walk through this slowly. <laughs> and every transaction, anything that happens on Solana is on the blockchain. And, that, and that's why the, a lot of people have see so much potential in cryptocurrency is because the blockchain technology of, um, and it's been incorporated into a lot of businesses already, is essentially everything is, is trackable and public and it's non like no one can mess with it there's no central entity that can change things it all is is out there in the open and and you know um just no one can can mess with it i guess okay but it's it still is affected by like well like interest rates by the stock market right um, no but but so how what is it that's making like for example when solana was really crashing yeah what makes that happen? I mean, it's not oh, yeah. sounding like it might be a dumb question, but no, no. I mean, it, it is kind of similar to stocks. Like you know, the economy can go down, and yeah. and the how the economy does, and interest rates, um, th those all affect cryptocurrency as well. You know, as for example, when COVID was coming out, and all those stimulus checks were going out, and interest rates were going really low, cryptocurrency was going insane. It was going like it was pumping up to to all time highs. That's when you saw Solana at like two fifty. You saw Bitcoin hit. Yeah like 60k you know some insane numbers and then now with you know the economy kind of going down the gutter interest rates the interest rates <laughs> going, going up and yeah, yeah. And, and everything's kind of getting much more tighter um and a lot more regulation coming in then you start seeing prices and all cryptocurrency across the board start going down wow yeah, and then there's also a lot of uh, like shady stuff going on i'm sure a lot of people heard of the entire ftx debacle uh, which was insane. I mean, FTX, for anyone unaware, was a cryptocurrency 
exchange. So it's it's kind of a platform where people are able to buy and sell cryptocurrency. And, and a lot of there's KYC. You can put in your debit card and you can do it very much over the board, which, you know, you need those for, for cryptocurrency to kind of become more mainstream. Uh, but FTX was everywhere. I mean, they sponsored the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. They had the FTX on the top. Um, a bunch of esports companies they sponsored as well. I mean, they were all over the place. And then from literally over like a two-day period, they just went bankrupt. And yeah. that and like and that's what kind of caused yeah. the whole thing to crash. And there were like a lot of celebrities involved with oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, Shark Tank guys. I forgot what his name is, but bald guy. Uh huh. Um, he was invested in it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady had Tom a. Tom pre- Brady, Steve Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry. So Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. There's. They had a ton of endorsements. They were massive donators to Democrats and Republicans. Oh God, but playing both sides for sure. Yeah. I, but I, what's I funny that. is that they only published it and made it public that they were donating in Democrats because they knew on news stations that's how you know you get liked. That's how you you know you're you're looked more fondly upon by general. Oh, here we uh, go with like society. the news conspiracy thing. That it's not even conspiracy. <laughs> uh, literally, you can see interviews of Sam Bankman Freed, SBF, who's the who was the CEO at the time like he was very open with it because there's ways you can kind of go under the table with donations and you don't have to make right, it public right, right, right. Um, and he he literally said he you know they donated the exact same amount to republicans and democrats but they knew that if they you know made the republicans under the table and the democrats was was out there they would look be looked upon more fondly yeah according to the guardian bankman fried says he also funneled contributions in dark money to Republicans, but he did so that way so the left didn't know what he was up to. Nine of the senators, or groups aligned with them in today's hearing, had received campaign donations from FTX specifically. At least six have since said they're now donating those contributions to charity. Those of us that were around during the Enron days, remember a lot of charities benefited from Enron money, and now some charities are going to benefit from FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried money. Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned the whole FTX thing, because one of the things I was going to bring up, so we'll just kind of go a little out of order, though, um, is that the lawsuits over the FTX, and there's a ton. I mean, oh, and, so many. And, and with good reason, because, I mean, there were just thousands and thousands of people who, like, couldn't, had no control over their, their digital assets, right? Yeah. Um, lost uh, crazy amounts of money. So lots and lots of lawsuits. And th- th- those lawsuits have actually been consolidated into a multi-district litigation. Really? Yeah, which is you know, what we talk about here. Um, and I and I thought, wow, that's, that's really interesting because it's different. I mean, it's not like a product or a drug or something yeah. along those lines, but it's a, the same situation where you have all of these people who have a similar claim. I mean, they have the claim against FTX um, and to do to handle all of these lawsuits all over the country in separate lawsuits would be really duplicative, wasteful. It's much more efficient to combine them all, put them all in front of one judge. I mean, they're going to be different. I mean, they're not all going to be like you, you were, you know, had a heart attack because you took a particular drug. It's not going to be something like that. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of the the, the liability and the witnesses and really what happened and why it happened and who's responsible, that's all going to be similar and they all will want that information. Yeah. Um, but then the individual damages will be different. So I thought that was, I was really interesting. I was like, hey, Ben will be interested to see this, that there's an MDL that he, he gets. Yeah. And yeah, and you definitely... 
Well, and it was crazy too, because when all that was happening, I mean, there's a lot of my friends and peers that were using uh, FTX as just an exchange like that. They would, that's how they would hold their cryptocurrency. They would keep it in there. Uh, if they needed to transfer funds to their bank account, they would do it through there. And when that happened, it was like two, three days. I mean, literally like in a span of 48 hours, news started coming out that they were having money problems and they weren't yeah. uh, going to be able to have like the reserve to, to back all of their customer funds. And within 48 hours, they froze everything. I mean, there's people with hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in USD, also cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Solana, Ethereum, whatever it is. And just within 48 hours, they have no access to it, completely frozen. And it's still frozen. And there's nothing that they can do about it. It's just like... That's almost like the crash of Wall Street, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, were people like jumping up at buildings or anything? I, I mean, there were there people were freaking out. People yeah. were freaking out. I mean, like everything. I mean, people could have uh, could lose almost. The, everything. Yeah, there was one of the guys that in Monkey Dow. Uh, he was posting on Twitter. He was like it, the week after. He was like, I, I mean, I need to pay rent this month, and, oh and I gosh. was I'm getting paid in cryptocurrency. Gosh. I leave it in FTX so I can pull it out whenever I need it. Like if this doesn't get figured out, I don't know how I'm gonna pay rent. Wow, wow, wow. Scary stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and, and it's crazy too, because with how public and how just everywhere they were, I mean, they were absolutely everywhere. I mean, like you said, they, the, the, some of the stars, Tom Brady, Steph mm -hmm. Curry yeah. endorsing them. There well, is some the, of the lawsuits are against the, the, the people endorsing them yeah. too. Now, I mean, there's all kinds of because there's you know there's a feeling of when you see those type of figures endorsing, yeah. you're like, okay, this is this is legit. Yeah, it like, gives you, well, it gives you confidence. Yeah. and so yeah, I mean, but they're basically saying, yeah, this is a good good thing. Yeah, yeah. And all this actually started is because there was two companies that started out as Al Alameda Research, was it, right. which was like the investment. Yeah, arm. They were, he was feeding the uh, yeah. money into that. Yeah. yeah, so Alameda would invest in these companies, give them, let's say, $10 million, $100 million at times, $100 million, and they'd say, here, we'll give you this to, to, you know, you guys can fund yourself, you can build this product for a certain amount of ownership, but we want you to keep your funds in FTX. They're like, okay, fine, it works for us. So they would give them $100 million, they would put the $100 million back into FTX, and they wouldn't change their account numbers, but then they would just use that $100 million and reinvest it in other things. And so they're just double dipping. Like with, a Ponzi kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, wow. very similarly. And, and just double dipping into everything, and then all of a sudden everything collapsed all at once. Wow. And weren't you like at, 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 a, at a in real life yeah. event when this happened? Or that was when uh, Breakpoint. I was in Portugal and... Um, it was literally like the day that Breakpoint ended where everyone, you know, it had been like a full week of, you know, maybe not partying, but on the verge of it. Like there's a lot of parties going on. Yeah. It's like celebrating once it, this celebrating. whole industry. Yeah. And, and yeah. then all of a sudden it just crashes. Crashes. I mean, it's wow. like, you know, you, you talk to these people for a full year, two years, you hang out with them, you talk to them every single day over Discord or work with them. Um, and then you get this, you know, once a year, twice a year event that you can actually hang out and talk to each other in person. And then, you know, within the next day of when it all ends, this massive implosion happens and everyone's net worth goes down 50%. Some people lost all of their savings in FTX. I mean, it was, just, wow. it was insane. I mean, I was lucky, lucky enough. I never kept funds in there. I definitely used it, like if I needed to pull money out, but I would never keep funds in there. Yeah, I was actually going to ask how you had avoided... 
Yeah, well, so you there's uh, you can have wallets where it's like cold storage or it's just kind of on your on your browser, um, and you're the only one with access to it. But you can't put pull that money out and put it into your bank account in that wallet. No, it's not. Yeah, so yeah, it's accessible. Yeah, so so I would have it in my own wallet, and then whenever I wanted to pull money out and put it in my bank account, I would send it over to the exchange and then immediately pull it out. But a lot of people, you know, it's not always, you can get hacked pretty easily as well if you just keep it in your own wallet. So a lot of people just thought it was safer. Thought it was safer and turned out yeah, not so much. So it's insane. And things are kind of recovering. They're getting a little bit better now. But I mean, there's just been so many like massive implosions within cryptocurrency in the last year mm. that um, has kind of resulted in this. For I mean, it kind of a bad taste in everyone's mouth yeah. when it comes to it. But yeah. Well, and it kind of seems like a lot of people, I mean, it was so exciting and it was like the thing for a long time. And then this happened and it feels like a lot of people just turned and ran and got oh. out and said, forget it. But um, you stuck with it. Um, you're <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how it goes. It goes through cycles. You know, yeah. there's bull, bull markets and bear markets. Same thing with the stock market. And when things are good, I mean, they're, they're fucking nuts. You know, yeah. we saw Bitcoin go up double in price from like 30K to 60K in a few months where if you, you know, if you just own one bitcoin hold on to it you can make 20 30k in a few months that's in, that's insane yeah. it's absurd when i was trading soul nfts i would buy something for 200 bucks and sell it for a thousand like a few hours later it yeah. was like absurd like day Almost, trading kind of stuff yeah it's like day trading but it also messes with your mindset of money as yeah, well. the value and how easy it is yeah. well, how easy it is to make it but also how easy it is to lose it oh yeah 100 percent. i mean i've lost a shit ton of money in my head it was just like oh like and not play money, but this is just kind of like, this is okay. You know, it's just soul. It's, and when you see a soul, not necessarily in the USD value, you don't think yeah. of it in the same way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it goes through through fluxes and, and it's a roller coaster. But as long as you get through the low parts and wait to the highs, then that's all that really matters. Well, and you're pretty committed. I mean, you're, you're in this and yeah. now this, this big um, monkey mint. And so that's happening. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then um, it's all going to be unrevealed when people buy it. And then they'll be able to reveal it July 3rd. And my birthday is July 4th. So it's kind of yeah. like an early birthday present for me. Yeah, I was listening to, I think, on your Monkey Monday. And it was um, interesting because I didn't know how that was going to work. So you basically, you're, you're buying the monkey, but you don't even know what it looks like. So you're yeah. buying blind. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, um, on July 3rd, like you get to see it for the yeah. first time. So. And, and it's interesting how it works in the market too, because it might sound kind of stupid to people is like, you don't know what you're buying. You can't even see it. Like, why are you, that doesn't make sense. But what ends up happening is when it's unrevealed, you know, as long as it's not unrevealed for too long, right? Like a month is absurd. Ours, <laughs> it's going to be very patient. Yeah. Ours is going to be like over a week and about four or five days, but you see like, people's um you know excitement and their imagination start anticipation going yeah exactly. what will my monkey be like and yeah and they see these pictures of like the most rare ones right like uh -huh. the ones that look insane and every time you buy one of the unrevealed ones you're like oh this, this one could be it this is this, it this could be the one that's gonna be like absolutely insane and you see and it reflects in the price too when it's unrevealed it's much more expensive than when it's revealed well but so but are they, so they're not all the same price uh, well, they, so when we're selling them, when we're selling them, they are, but okay. at, when they're all sold out and everything, people are able to resell them. So but not before they get revealed. N no, they can. Oh, they can re, okay. So, so you get the monkey, you don't know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a girl, you know, if it's a boy, you don't know if it has, what are all they, like they, they Crown, have glasses and crowns and earrings. Suit, hoodies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't know any of those things, but you get it and then you can resell it, but you have no idea 
uh, how much to sell it for. I mean, I guess it's just what the market is. Yeah. And, and so that's something that's also fun to watch. So we set our prices for what we're looking to get out of it. And it's very, you have to be very careful with it because there's only a certain amount that people are willing to pay and that the market will accept. Uh, but usually once, you know, once it completely sells out, then secondary opens up so people can actually trade them and sell them and they're all unrevealed. And they will be unrevealed until July 3rd. And you don't even have to reveal it. Like people, I know people are just going to- Keep it undercover? They're just going to keep it a barrel. It's called a barrel because it's like barrel monkeys. So so the barrel doesn't just like disappear. You have to open the barrel? Yeah, you got to smash the barrel, crack it open. I'm starting to to want a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is kind of, that's what we're going for is like an exciting experience. Um, and so there will be trading of the barrels and, and, you know, the market decides the price and, and you'll see it as like someone lists something for 20 soul, it'll sell instantly. So the next person puts it as 30, maybe it takes five minutes to sell. So the next person puts it at 33 and then, you know, as, as it goes, supply and demand figures out kind of that levels out at that point where people are willing to buy it. Some people aren't willing to, and. Um, as they get revealed, some are rare, some aren't rare, and then those the market also decides that how much each rarity or wow. each attribute is worth. Okay, so you're going to be super busy and stressed yeah. next week, um, so we won't be actually actually recording. But I'll be interested to hear how it all went when we yeah when, we, when we get back to it. I'll be excited to give an update. Fernie actually had a great idea of doing some highlights of the podcast. Oh, for next week, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. next week, which, you know, I don't think it's going to be a full hour or anything like that, but... Yeah, it'll just be fun. Yeah, I know, I know for me personally, like, I, there's a lot of podcasts that I've watched, and I won't watch the entire thing, but if right. I, you know, think it's interesting, I might look up some highlights to see if it's something I would be interested in. Yeah, all right. So so we will be releasing, it just won't be, be totally new stuff, so... Yeah. All right, and then one other thing I know that's coming up for you is uh, a little anniversary happening. Uh, yeah. That's uh, tomorrow, two-year anniversary. Woo, two years. All right. Shout out to Christina, another monkey. Yes. Yeah, yes. another monkey holder, I should say. She's been coming with me to all of the crypto events, which she's an absolute trooper for because uh, <laughs> the crowd there is not always the most fun or socially uh, aware. Yeah, they're not all like Benjamin here. No, nah, they're not as uh, handsome or charming. Uh, you know, yeah. it's okay. It's all right. We Social butterfly. Yeah, well, that's cool. Anyway, I'm excited for you guys to do something fun and exciting with might have to have a report on that as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Whatever you can report to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's happening? So some fun stuff in the news. We always like to do that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. We'll start off with some things that aren't controversial and we'll get people all worked up. Yeah. Or I might. Actually, this might. So um, and we always we're big dog fans here. Um, and so another case of dogs in the news, and you know how they have um, canine, um, well, they're, they're like drug dogs, yeah. drug sniffing dogs. And yeah. so um, the, they, they've always considered that like dogs are impartial, right? I mean, they sniff drugs or they don't sniff drugs. Yeah. And so if a dog, um, you know, and I don't know if you've gone through any of these checkpoints. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the airport too. And it's always terrifying. Right. Even if you don't have anything on you, you're like, holy fuck, what if? <laughs> <laughs> what if there's some remnants of it or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. You get, you get a little nervous. Alert. Yeah. 
Well, and, and then down in Sonoida, of course, you know, we drive through the Border Patrol all the time and they always have like, you know, it says working dogs. And of course, if our dogs are in the car, they just lose their shit and they're clearly not working dogs. They are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but so it's, it's interesting because so what happens is, you know, in these situations, the police officers walk the dogs around um, the cars and there was a, a lawsuit recently. And I guess there have been a number of lawsuits on this, but there was a lawsuit recently where the guy said that he believed that the police officer pulled him over under false pretenses mm-hmm. and then um, asked if he could search the car and the guy declined. And so then he walked the dog around and the dog alerted to there being drugs. And anyway, they searched the vehicle. There were no drugs, but the guy really felt like he had been harassed. And yeah. so he filed a lawsuit. And as part of the discovery, they got the body cam. So, so you know how the, the cops have to wear the yeah. body cameras. When they watched the video, they saw the cop point to the car with the dog. He made a gesture that was basically telling the dog to alert. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so now they're saying that in any of these cases where the dogs alert, I mean, you, you might want to appeal these. You might want to take a look at this. If you get the body, you know, the body cams, mm-hmm. um, it may be that these these uh, police officers are kind of manipulating the dogs or yeah. encouraging the dogs. Um, and, and of course, you know, the dogs obviously want to do what their trainers are telling them to do. Yeah. And, and they don't give a shit. <laughs> you know? I mean, they, they drugs, don't know better, no right? Like yeah, they're just... Yeah, yeah. The, their, their entire thing is to do their job and they're, that's their boss. Yeah. And if the boss is, you know, and then, and then of course, a part of the, part of the damages was the, that the car was all scratched up, <laughs> like, which I could relate to having, <laughs> having nutso dogs. There's a lot of things. So w- would that be considered an illegal search and seizure? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they were talking about one case where they said that, um, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, that the, the dog had, had, had you know, broken, entered as far as because it had touched the, the vehicle before it had alerted to drugs. And there's all of these, you know, wow. the very, very clear steps. Yeah. 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 So. And, and, and. It, a dog is considered essentially like a police officer, right? I think they are. I because think they're, I, they're highly trained and I mean, they have, you know. Well, I was thinking in like legal terms too, because I'm pretty sure if you mm. like kill a dog, like a canine um, dog that that's trained or is like working under the police, it's almost as if. Is yeah, it? I, I, mean, suspect I guess it's, it's not homicide. I but. mean, no, it's not going to be homicide. But I mean, I know that it's I mean, there's definitely a crime there. I'm, I'm curious about that. I have to have to take a look at it because I don't know. I mean, yeah. quite frankly, I think that, you know, killing a dog is right up there with people sometimes. hundred percent agree. Yeah, sometimes worse, depending on the people. So, yeah. You know, no, I agree. That should be it. controversial, shouldn't it? <laughs> Bring it on. Well, I was, <laughs> I was curious because, I mean, you know, are they held to the same expectations of the, of the police officer? Like you said, like illegal entry if the dog is like searching or like jumping up or, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think they, they actually think that they well they're they're less biased less prejudiced that they're you know they're saying that the dogs are totally neutral yeah which makes sense i mean they don't know and they can't be like racist or something they don't know who i mean i guess some dogs could be who knows i don't depends on which cops training them i guess (laughs) well well, yeah so exactly so so the dog itself but 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 the dog of course they're they're very sensitive and so they're going to sense their handler you know what they're feeling and they're reacting and if they're making some sort of motion to encourage one behavior or another, the dog's going to go along with it. Yeah. So it's really just like an extension of that 
that handler, I think, or that officer. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but it's so, yeah, it was really fascinating. I had just never really thought about that before. And, and I guess it's a relatively new thing that they're now looking at, um, looking at these body cams to, to, mm-hmm. to really see what's going on and, and how neutral or not neutral it is. It always is interesting seeing videos of the body cams as oh, well. God, yeah. I mean, especially when you see like the extreme cases of like shootouts or oh, just like, yes. you know, just crazy stuff going on because I mean you can imagine it or you can hear about the story but seeing it in real yeah. real oh, time okay. and from the perspective of the police officer is pretty crazy yeah. and it and also with just the abuse that goes on too I mean oh well that part's horrible definitely but I mean I mean it's interesting because I mean when you see that you know you always hear these stories and you you know and it's just like these split second decisions and a lot of people then after afterwards question you know you know did the police officer do the right thing yeah. but i mean when you actually watch the video cam and you're it's real time i mean you realize just how terrifying something is and i mean oh, yeah. i don't care how much training you have um i i mean who knows how you're going to respond um mm-hmm. in a particular situation and so many people are never involved in say like a shootout or have to have to discharge their weapon in the you know in the course of their their duty um and then when they do you know, it's, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of, it's, there's two sides to it. You know, I know, I remember, I forgot who was telling me, um, Eric, one of the family friends, who's a police officer, you know, he he was talking about how, you know, whenever you pull someone over, you kind of have to have the mentality of this is a life or death situation because anything can turn into a life or death situation on a moment's notice. Um, but then you also see situations where, um, things just get blown out of proportion. And even when you do watch the video, it's like, this doesn't really feel like it makes sense. And, and I, and I, in my opinion, I feel like yeah. that kind of connects to the lack of discipline there is within the, the police world. You know, you see these cases of very clear misconduct from police officers and they get put on leave for a month and, yeah. or they get fired, but then they get rehired at the town, next town over. And, and, yeah. and, you know, whatever it may be. So Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> I mean, that, it happens. It happens yeah. all yeah, the time. I, I mean, there's this, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week with like the fraternity and brotherhood. Like mm-hmm. there is a brotherhood within the, the police, yeah. police uh, world and, you know, having each other's back, not ratting each other out, you know, all of those things, which... You know, I I get it to a certain extent, but at the same time, you know, should that exist in law and order? I don't know. Well, I think, you know, and and think how much things have changed since they did whole institute the body cams. Because before that, it's, you know, he said, she said, or he said, he said, or whatever. um, And and there was no proof one way or the other. And so, uh, you know, and and then there there are many, many wonderful law enforcement officers, but there are also some people who go into that line of work because they are kind of power hungry yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. And so you get some bad apples in there um, and, you know, they can do a lot of damage. And if there's no accountability, no evidence there. And the worst stories that we hear about are the police officers that, you know, act out or like there mm-hmm. is something terrible that happened. I mean, like George Floyd, right? Like that yeah. was everywhere. But you never hear about the good stories about the cops doing the good things. Oh, you do hear some. You do hear the good stories here and there, it is but sad, they're not though, blown but... out of proportion. Not blown out of proportion, <laughs> but they're not focused on as much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that is, that is unfortunate for sure. So that's interesting, though. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Police dogs. I don't know. Maybe maybe Bauer and Eva need to be trained. I don't think those dogs are trainable. <laughs> <laughs> not in that fashion. They're probably not. They're probably not. 
All right. So um, another kind of interesting thing in the news this week was what I call the Whippet accident. Um, and there was a, a, a case just this month um, involving, uh, well, actually it was a car, a, a car accident um, that resulted in a death. And the one of the drivers had inhaled um, this dust off product. Mm-hmm. So it's a compressed gas. And basically, it's it's the gas that it, yeah. it's called Whippet. So it's this DFE stuff. And so it's the stuff that, you know, people inhale whipped cream cans. Um, and then I think you can actually buy little Whippet canisters can and that kind of stuff. And so it gives you like this head rush. Um, and I'll, I will just say that, that, that um, when I was growing up, um, my grandmother used to get really pissed off at me because whenever, you know, it was like Thanksgiving or whatever, we'd have whipped cream. And so, I mean, I would get into the refrigerator, <laughs> inhale all the gas out of it. And then she'd go to like put whipped cream on and nothing, <laughs> nothing would come out. And she'd be like, Sarah! <laughs> I go, maybe you just need to, but I don't think they sold like little canisters of it. And I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like one of those childhood, not childhood, but teenage things. Yeah. You just like... A little degenerate, you know. I was a little degenerate back in the day. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've heard of those, and I've had a few friends that have done it. And, I mean, they've always seemed just, like, really gross to me. I mean, the the, the whippets, and especially in the little canisters, and you get the, like, the machine that's actually meant for it. Like a machine? Well, it's not like a machine, but it's essentially like uh, it's like a canister that you load up with the little things, uh-huh. and then that's that's what they use. Um, but Stevo from Jackass, he was oh. a massive, massive whippet addict. Like that would be, I mean, he was an addict with like a bunch of stuff, but whippets was like the biggest problem that he had, and that's one of the reasons his voice sounds so raspy, is because he abused it for so long. Huh. And uh, there's like there's the a full documentary, but like a part of it was how they would walk in and it would just be littered with the little silver canisters of whippets. But I mean, it doesn't last very long. It's no, it like doesn't. But that's why it's abused so long because it's like you know it's like a head, head high that's for like a few minutes, but then they just yeah. keep on sending it. So and then, and I'm wondering now, and I probably should have looked this up before, but is that similar to like the nitrous oxide, like that you for for dentists? I mean, that stuff is pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I use it when I get my teeth cleaned. I'm just yeah. going to be honest here. I mean, I mean, not that teeth cleaning is that you know much torment or anything, but. It's just kind of like fun. I'm like, yeah. instead of dreading going to the dentist, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I put my, oh, uh, you. you know, my earphones in and I, you know, kind of Jam rock out. And the next thing I know, I've got, you know, glistening, sparkly, beautiful teeth. And then they just turn it off and give you some oxygen and you're like, good as gold. I mean, you're totally... Yeah, I mean... No hangover, I, no nothing. I'm not a big fan of the dentist, but, it, you know, I'm right with you. If you can get a little buzz while you're getting your teeth lined, <laughs> why not? Why not? I will admit I get my teeth cleaned every, uh, every uh, like three times a year instead of twice a year. So I, don't, I might have something to do with that. Anyway, so back to the legal part of this. I know we, we, we digress. We digress. Um, but anyway, so what happened was this guy had used this dust off um, compressed gas. And I mean, this is like for cleaning computers yeah. and stuff, right? But it has a really high level of this DFE. And so he had inhaled it and then he was driving and caused this accident, which killed somebody. And as, as per usual, you know, the, the driver may not have enough insurance, and so they're looking for other defendants. And so they actually sued the manufacturer 
of this dust off. It's called Falcon Safety Products and Walmart, where they bought it. Wow. And yeah, and so they, they said that basically, you know, you know that this stuff um, is abused um, and that their product, as opposed to some other, you know, dust off type of products, had a really high level of it. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if somebody was going to buy one of these things to get high, they're going to choose that one. You know that it's going to get abused. Um, and then they said that Walmart knew. And so the lawsuit, um, you know, then brought, bought, brought, brought the company and, and Walmart in as well as additional defendants. That doesn't, I mean, that, that doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like in, in that case, when there's a DOI accident and the guy doesn't have enough insurance and he just happened to be drinking Jack Daniels that night, are they going to be suing Jack Daniels or the corner liquor store that he bought? Well, it interesting. And in fact, one of the things I had to, to talk about in the future, I had made it jotted down, was, was talking about dram shop cases, which are lawsuits where you oftentimes do bring in the bar that, that served or yeah, overserved yeah. somebody um, and, or the store where they bought it. Buying, you know, suing the liquor companies themselves is a lot more problematic. But if, if you have a liquor license either to sell in a store or in a bar and you sell it to somebody who's already intoxicated mm -hmm. or you sell it to a minor or something along those lines. Now, if somebody's completely sober and they buy it, you know, at two in the afternoon and then at night they get wasted and kill somebody, that's a whole different thing. You're not going to yeah. get liability there. But if somebody's staggering into the Circle K barely, you know, and, and they sell them, you know, a bottle of liquor, that's a little more problematic. So, um, so it could be similar. So it's, it is similar to that. Um, now, this is a situation where they basically were not, they didn't dismiss it. So initially, um, the Falcon and Walmart wanted the whole case to get dismissed. And the judge said, no, we're going to let this move forward. We'll see what happens as the evidence comes in. Yeah. But they didn't just say, forget it, you don't have a case. And it was kind of an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, it caught my attention because it involves whippets. And like I said, I mean, you know, I've, it's been a while, but back in high school, those whipped cream canisters yeah. had a certain allure for... Did, did it give you nostalgia? Good yeah. old days? I was like, and I know I kind of went to the kitchen. I was like, do we have any whipped cream? You know? <laughs> you want to check the fridge real quick? Huh? We don't. We don't. But Is this I don't as know. good as like, I remember it? <laughs> yeah, but see, now it would be like more practical. I'm like, well, but if I do that, then we're not going to be able to put whipped cream on the pumpkin pie. Yeah. You have your priorities priority Practicality, yes. I have grown up. I am more mature. <laughs> So uh, that's interesting. And that's ongoing. I'm assuming that they haven't obviously decided where if there's actual any, any fault there. With right. Well, it hasn't gone to a jury or to yeah. a trial yet, but they wanted to just dismiss it outright and say, this is a stupid case. It's not even going to get to a jury. And they said, no, we're going to let this go and see where this, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be very case specific. I mean, what information did they have? Yeah. Did they, you know, d did they kind of knowingly make it that way because they sold more of it because people were abusing it? Yeah. Or did they have no idea? You know, that kind of information as that comes out would, would, would you know, is going to make a big difference, I think. And does that play into what we talked about a few weeks ago with like what the reasonable person would do? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and so foreseeable misuse. So you yeah. make a product and then somebody does something stupid with it. And we talked about those vacuum cleaners, you yeah. know, um, but is it foreseeable that somebody would do that? And so mm -hmm. that's going to be the question here, too. Is it foreseeable that the way that you made this product that people would 
still misuse it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I see these things all kind of tie together. They do. They do. And, And I think, you know, if they did have that in mind where they knew they had more of that chemical and that it was more likely to get abused and they left it in there because they knew that, you know, they're going to get more sales. It doesn't necessarily help with cleaning the computer extra. Right, right, right. That kind of makes sense there. Yeah. The Walmart thing, I don't know about like. Yeah, like Walmart has to know. I mean, that one seems like a bit more of a reach. So we'll see if they, they they may get out. um, But um, so they could, in that case, they could say, okay, we'll hold the um, air duster company responsible, but Walmart, you're good to go. Well, they can. I mean, and, and in any case, you know, and, and different states have have um, different laws about this, but like, for example, in Arizona, it's comparative negligence. So, you know, there's 100% of fault, but it could get divided up between multiple people. Yeah. And they may say that the guy who inhaled the shit, you know, is in like, 85%, but then we're going to put, you know, 10% here and 5% here. So it gets divided up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could, but it could be that, you know, this, this person has 0% and we don't see that, you know, Walmart had any reason to think that this was a product that they were selling that was going to be abused, yeah. but the other company did. So. I mean, Walmart's like a one-stop shop for everything. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there you could abuse. Well, I'm sure they have, they must have a lot of lawyers on staff because uh, I'm sure they're getting it yeah. slammed right and left. For sure. Yeah. So. All right. What else we got for for this week? Um, well, let's see another quickie kind of amusing one. And, and some of these things like they grab my attention because they remind me of cases I've had in the past. And this is one. Um, so Ashley Furniture has recalled some of their powered furniture items. So like the loungers um, and, you know, back in the old days, you know, there was like the lazy boy or whatever, but now everything's high tech. They have phone chargers, they have like LED lighting. So when you're, you know, hanging out and chilling and watching Netflix and all, um, you, you know, got these like running lights and it looks like, looks fancy. It's good vibes. Well, apparently, but it's also dangerous. And so they've um, recalled some of these loungers um, because the cup holder with the LED lighting overheats and can catch fire. Yeah. So here you are lounging in your lounger. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, in flames. In flames, fully engulfed. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, it's. (laughs) Causing fire. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, including myself. I've passed out in one of those as well. <laughs> you know, especially we'll with the turn it off, the soothing lights around you, the LED, turn off the lights, and you're just kind of vibing up. You're vibing, and you yeah. fall asleep, and all of a sudden you wake up to burning flesh. Well, that would be bad. That would be bad. So, so they are recalling these, um, and they are uh, there's a, a, a number of different models, but you can check that out. The Consumer Product Safety Commission. Um, um, it has recalled them, um, but there are, there are products that were sold in stores and online between November of 2018 and March of 2023. Um, so if you have an Ashley lounger with LED lighting, you might want to go online and check out and make sure that um, that yours is not one of these potentially dangerous ones. Um, they're saying if you do have that, unplug it immediately and contact them. They will um, repair it or replace it. Um, so that's a little scary. Um, and it actually reminded me of back in the day, um, one of my, my very first job when I was doing defense work, um, we had some cases that involved lazy boys. And um, this is back, you know, there were certainly no LEDs and no phones to plug in. This is pre-cell phone or anything like that. But what would happen is that the, in these lazy boys, 
um, people kind of getting up. They weren't balanced really well. And when they were trying to get up and get out of them, they would sometimes tip over. Mm -hmm. And people were getting their arms and legs caught in the gears. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. And then I was thinking too, you know, I mean, it was, we had two cases involving, um, involving those that we were defending, but I was thinking at the time, you know, wow. Cause like now if that happened, you know, here, you've got your phone charging there, you could call somebody back in the day, there was no cell phones. I mean, you're now stuck in the lazy boy lying on the floor with your arm or your leg in the gears, yeah. just waiting for somebody to come rescue you. Yeah, and best case you pull it out, you got to grab some quarters <laughs> and run to the local payphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably have a phone in your house. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, you got to send a letter the to the ambulance. Hey, guys, <laughs> please, someone mail. help. <laughs> All right, you're going to be a little dramatic here. It's like back in the Stone Ages or something like that. But anyway, it was it was just interesting because it made me think of those old old uh, Lazy Boy cases. Yeah, uh, that's something that I think is pretty frustrating, especially with a Lazy Boy. Like, that's something you just you wouldn't even imagine having any issues. And it's, it's, it's meant for relaxing luxury enjoying yourself and the, first of all there being a risk of that is frustrating but then you know if you already have one of those those are, that's a, that's a heavy the big thing you know if you need to switch it out that's kind of a that's a bitch to take out and put a new one in i mean <laughs> well presumably that the, uh, they're gonna handle that they're either gonna repair yeah, it or i'm sure they'll you send gotta, out a repair person or replace you it. gotta blow, open that time in your schedule just dealing with and i mean it's better better that than waking up engulfed in flames for sure i think it's better than that yeah and from somebody who works from home it doesn't seem like this would be such a dramatic situation. Oh, well, we are, um, let's see, I, I, I have a couple of things here, but I think we're going to move on. Um, we spent a lot of time chit-chatting at the beginning on, but interesting stuff. Yeah. So um, maybe we go ahead and talk about the main subject, which are the bear hugger lawsuits yeah. that we are um, handling. And actually, we've been handling these things forever, it feels like, which actually, I guess, is 2015, which is not forever, but eight years. That's it's a long, long time. That's a long time. Well, and these cases have gone through um, a real mess. But um, before I get into that, just kind of what it is. Um, the bear hugger is is a surgical warming device, and so when people are are having are undergoing surgery, um, they keep the um, operating rooms like super cold. Yeah. Um, and part of that is they have this what they call laminar airflow, but they have this cool air from the ceiling kind of coming down and pushing everything down to the ground. And and the intent of that is to keep the surgical site clean, sterile, um, all of that. And, and, you know, like when the, when the, the surgeons and all, all of the staff come in, I mean, they're completely sanitized. Um, but of course they come in, they've got their shoes on, Yeah. you know, so the, 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 the only place that's dirty is going to be, be the floor area anyway. Um, so with certain types of surgeries, um, the outcome is better if the body doesn't get too cold. Mm -hmm. So, and there are different ways that you can keep somebody warm. I mean, from like to warm blankets. Um, but this company, 3M, actually another big 3M case, um, has this product called the Bear Hugger, and it's a warming device. And basically, it's this blanket that has little holes in it, and it's attached to a machine that sits on the floor. And there's a tube that shoots hot air um, up into the blanket, and then through the little holes, this hot air goes onto the person's body. 
Um, the problem with that is that the hot air then is going onto the body um, and overflowing down over the sides mm-hmm. of the the, uh, the table, hitting the floor. Now hot air rises, so yeah. it's picking up the the debris, you know the bacteria, the debris that's on the floor, and that can then rise back up with the hot air rising, yeah. and then it's into that surgical area. So wow. what's happening is that when you use this, um, the rates of uh, infections, surgical infections, have just skyrocketed. I mean, mm-hmm. you can look at the studies of when uh, when they started using this, and about 90% of hospitals now use it. I mean, wow. they're great marketing. So, um, and, and a surgical infection can be relatively minor um, and can be treated with antibiotics. However, certain types of surgeries like joint replacements. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you're putting a medical, uh, you know, a, a metal, metal joint into the body, if that gets infected, it's really horrendous. Yeah, I bet. And, yeah. and it's, in, I, it's just so insane how that happens, too, is that the air, the warm air goes into the blanket, and since hot air falls, right, it goes down to the ground, gets all of that bacteria that's on the ground, and then slowly rises back up and just and in, in, in just gets in there, gets into yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, so what it does is it direct, disrupts that, that cold air that's trying to keep everything down. When it's yeah. the hot air, it's bringing it back up. Um, and so the problem then is that, you know, people are getting these really bad infections. And um, I mean, they, they I mean, it's, it's just, it's, there's, it's so hard to get rid of an infection when it's mm-hmm. settled into an, uh, an artificial joint. And so a lot of times people will have to have like IV antibiotics, they'll have to have wound vacs. Um, they oftentimes will have to actually take uh, the the uh, prosthesis out and leave like a spacer in there for a while so like they don't have a joint for a while until oh. it clears up then replace it uh, people have had amputations a number of deaths because again they get this horrible infection they can't control they go septic and 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 they die I didn't even know you could do that a spacer in the joint so someone <sighs> just doesn't even have a joint for a week well they have weeks. to take it out but they can't put a new one in until the infection's cleared because yeah. you put another one in well you're going to have the same situation yeah I mean I've had lots of clients who have been through this and, and just it's you know it's horrendous I mean you're pretty much bedridden oh you know 100%. or lazy boy ridden or an Ashley recliner, <laughs> recliner ridden god forbid <laughs> it catches on fire <laughs> You don't even have a joint yeah, to get out. Move. See, <laughs> crazy shit. Yeah. Anyway, so th- these cases um, were c- consolidated back in 2015, mm-hmm. and there were about 5,000 of them at the time. Um, and then a lot of dis- you know some of these cases go really smoothly, and some of them do not go so smoothly. This would be the latter. Um, and so uh, these were in litigation. You know, thousands of cases filed, discovery going on, and then in 2019, the judge basically dismissed all of the lawsuits. What what she did is she kicked out all of the experts and said, you know, she disqualified all of the experts. And so without any experts, she then dismissed all of the cases. Why why did she get rid of all the experts? Um, Well, there was everybody filed their motions. And and there's there's always a question as to whether, you know, the the science is there, whether it's a valid connection between the product and the problems and whether you can establish that. And she basically didn't buy these experts 
said they were not qualified, therefore there were no experts, bam, the cases are gone. Jeez. I mean, to be fair, it is like an insane thing to think about, right? It's like the hot air going down, bringing it back up, and how you even figure that out. It's like you see the infection, but to assume that has anything to do with the heating blanket on them, and especially that that type of interaction is happening, is that is pretty insane to think about, but yeah. to just dismiss all these expert, right, well, experts, right? Well, and on her own, because I mean, basically what most judges do are they say, well, we're going to let the jury see yeah. because and again both sides had experts and there were some really fascinating like videos where they use like this green smoke and so that it was like this colored green smoke that you could see going in the blanket and you could see exactly where it was going and how it was coming back up yeah. and you could see it where the surgeon's hands were wow. and that sort of thing so those kinds of things and then on top of that this was a crazy thing too because the inventor of the product came he well he ended up selling it uh, to another company and then ultimately 3M bought it but he ended up coming out and saying you know I invented this but you shouldn't use this for certain things and you should not use it for uh, artificial joints <sighs> yeah and so you've got now the inventor yeah. um, as an expert on our side um, but then of course they're saying well he's biased and he's now he has a new product called the hot dog and he wants to sell that instead of the bear hugger is, is it also like a, a warming blanket well it wasn't blowing yeah uh, I yeah, love so that name a, the hot dog I know I liked it too. It, it sounds comfortable like you're just sitting between two buns <laughs> nice and warm and cozy exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good at it just, uh, what he, I know job. the bear hugger is all cute and yeah. it's like a bear hugging somebody so anyway so she dismissed them um, but then it got appealed, and in 2022, the, uh, the the Court of Appeals reversed and said, whoa, 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 she cannot do that. And they were pretty nasty to her. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and I mean, it is pretty insane that she did that solo. Everybody I, was outraged. Crazy. Uh, it was like freaking out. Like, how little, in the hell? It, it's little, it just smells a little uh, corruption-y. Well, interesting you should say that. So so then um, they, they all got reinstated back in 2022. Litigation's back. People are filing cases again. Um, and of course, uh, 3M petitioned the Supreme Court to see if they would hear, hear it. Supreme Court denied certiorari, which says, we're not going to touch it. You're stuck with what the Eighth Circuit did. Um, so now we're back. Uh, and that was in May of 2023. So this is all kind of recent stuff. Um, but now recently, what's happened is our side, the plaintiff side, has actually filed a motion to disqualify both the judge, so her name's Judge Erickson, um, and also um, she had retained, um, uh, gosh, the, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the term now, but basically the settlement judge um, who was involved, the magistrate judge. And so it turns out that the magistrate judge had some, had purchased some interest in 3M, so potentially had some bias wow. there. Um, and then... Then with the, the the trial judge, they are saying that she secretly retained a retired defense attorney to advise her when she was deciding about the cases. And so they're now saying, so, so basically the cases are back to her to go to trial, but but nobody wants to take them back to trial with her because look what she did last time. How does they even go back to her? Like, how does, how is that okay? Well, that's how it always happens when it's appealed. They, they, they say, okay, judge, you screwed up, go fix it, go do it again, but don't, you know, let the, in this case, the, what, yeah. the, the experts get to go, you know, start back where you were back in 2019, 
but you are like I feel like the judge already has like in order to dismiss it the first time she already has this this perspective strong feelings some strong uh-huh. feelings like how does it ever make sense to send it back to that original person that you know already feels a certain way well I, I, I mean the judges are supposed to be unbiased and they may have to set aside their any personal feelings that they have I'm just saying that that's what what's supposed to happen yeah. but the reason these motions are being filed is that people don't feel like this judge can or will do that yeah. and basically why the heck go to trial again when we know that she's against it yeah. um, and, and 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 the judge makes so many decisions through the whole process I mean every single objection every single mm-hmm. you know I mean there's so many many ways that the judge's, uh, you know, rulings affect the case. So so that's where it is right now, is that there has been this motion to disqualify. Now, it's a little more complicated even than that, because she's getting ready to retire anyway. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, a huge MDL like this is not what she wants to be doing right now anyway. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Well, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, but these cases are very active. Um, a lot more cases are getting filed because this thing's still being used. Yeah. You know? I mean, you mentioned 90% of hospitals. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to touch on because you said that the court appeals were saying some nasty stuff about her. Yeah. What, what were they saying? I'm just, I'm curious. Well, they just basically, I mean, I mean, they didn't like call her names or hey, something like that. you big dumb idiot. What the hell are you doing over here? It was close here? to that. I mean, it was, well, it was very strong language about how outrageous it was oh I mean my yeah God. I mean it, 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 yeah you don't usually see it that strong <laughs> it, was, like, it was some juicy stuff for yeah, sure. no. yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. sure the you know the prosecution side of it is like like thank God they see this you know right well I mean everybody was just so outraged um yeah but uh anyway so these cases are are very active um, and basically, it's the, the, the cases are anybody who has had um, a joint replacement surgery. A lot of times it's the hips and knees. Um, and this product was probably used. You would not necessarily know it, but mm-hmm. you're, the anesthesiologist is, is the one who um, applies this. And so it would be in the anesthesia records. Those are records we can obtain. But if somebody has um, had a joint replacement surgery, had a bad infection following it, um, potentially they would have a case. Um, at this point, these things are going to go forward because we've, the Supreme Court doesn't want it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and so, so it's pretty interesting. People are pretty excited about these again. Um, and there are a lot of them, but, um, you know, it's happening now. So, and so you guys are, I'm, I'm assuming we're just looking for individuals that have had any type of joint replacement, and then it's of interest to look and see if bear hugger was used, or is it only joint replacements that they had some type of infection after? Well, you have to have some damages. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you have to have suffered from an infection. And, and again, it's if it's just a really minor soft tissue infection that gets treated with, you know, 10 days of antibiotics, I mean, that's not worth pursuing a case. Yeah. But if it was a significant infection, um, if you needed to go on IV antibiotics, if you had to have um, a revision surgery, um, any of the serious problems, then it's definitely worth finding out if that product was used. Good chance that that contributed, caused or contributed to the problem. And I'm curious, like, how the conversation happened with the patient and doctor afterwards, because you have this joint replacement 
And in some of these cases, it is absolutely terrible where you're having the joint actually taken yeah. out again. You know, how is that, con- you know, doc, what's going on? Why is this infection so terrible? Is this yeah. common? Does this happen a yeah. lot? You know, Well, you know, so that's a really good question. And the reality is that surgical infections do happen. And mm-hmm. that is a risk of any surgery. And so when you're, you know, signing, you know, you know, when you're being, when the doctor's talking to you about the risks, um, you know, you, are, they always will say it's a potential that you're going to have an infection. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, how serious is the infection and the likelihood of a serious infection is certainly much higher if this product was used, you know, and some doctors now don't use it any longer. They will not do the surgeries with it because they understand this. Um, they agree with it. There are plenty of surgeries. Surgeons, um, anesthesiologists who say, oh, this is a bunch of bullshit. We're going to use it. Um, I know that, you know, over the many years now that I've been involved in these cases, a number of friends have had surgeries and they have always told the doctor going in, I do not want that used because they know about that. Um, And so the doctors have not used it. And I mean, you can use warm blankets. You can, you know, there are other things that you can do. And again, and we could get into this, into the weeds a lot, but, but obviously I don't think we want to do that, but um, there's also a question about how long the surgery really requires warming. Um, And a lot of these surgeries are pretty quick and don't. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily the case that somebody has to be, Mm -hmm. certainly don't have to be warmed with this product. There are other other ways. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask if there are other products. And it sounds like there is. But you also mentioned earlier that it's still being used in a lot of hospitals. Oh, yeah. It's being used a lot. And so like new cases are coming up all the time because it's still being used and people are getting these horrible infections. Um, and, you know, for a long time, I, we couldn't take these, you know, we weren't taking these cases because it looked like it might have been completely over, but they have been revived. I'm not going to go anywhere at this point. Looks like uh, uh, these will be going to trial um, coming up. Hopefully with a new judge. Well, hopefully with a new judge. Absolutely. And like I said, I don't think she wants to do it. Well, we don't want her to do it. So hopefully we just move on and And uh, everybody's happy. You mentioned that she hired behind closed doors a personal defense attorney to advise her. What is it? Well, this is the allegation. Allegation. The allegation. But what would that even, what does that mean? Like, what was was advising her that she should drop it? It was a defense attorney from the defense side of the case? Well, not from the particular case, but that, but somebody who had, you know, was more aligned with that side who was looking at these witness at these expert witnesses and kind of advising her on kind of the basis maybe for excluding them or at least giving giving um, her his opinion and and that's not something that a judge should be doing I was gonna ask is that common for judges I hope to, not. No, to, we're gonna get in trouble yeah that's insane and I'm yeah. glad that the court of appeals chewed her out on that I mean oh everybody so... was pretty glad about that <laughs> I almost want to see the transcript of what they uh, said you know I actually I, I will pull that because it just like the little parts of it. But yeah, there was um, during one of the AAJ meetings, we kind of uh, read through some of it and there were some kind of highlights. So I'll, I'll pull that. I mean, it's public record and I have it. And yeah. And I, I mean, especially in that judge's position where, you know, you have hundreds of attorneys, thousands and thousands of, of uh, victims of the case oh, seeing yeah. this and hearing about it like that has to be that has to be terrible to be ridiculed in front of that many people yeah. well I mean the people don't really get it and you know and again it's not like calling names but I mean it's from from a, a attorney's perspective it's like ooh, that's <laughs> smart ow yeah. ooh. 
Yeah. Damn. So. Well, it's good that it's back. And yeah, it's back and, and then it's alive and moving forward. So. And anyone that's had any type of infection after surgery, it's it's worth reaching out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know if it was used, but it's pretty quick and easy to be able to get the documentation to determine that. We do that regularly. We will order those records and let you know um, Yeah, if, if, you're, if you do have a qualified case. And, and generally, the severe cases happen with joint replacement, but it's possible for it to happen with other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's really a bad idea to use it with, with when you, cause when you put a foreign body in, that's where the, the infection yeah. just kind of seizes and, you know, settles in there and you can't get it out without taking that out, out of the body. And then like, like we said, I mean, you're going to have to be jointless for a while. So yeah. That, I mean, joint uh, replacement surgery in general has always been such a terrifying idea in my head i mean it's pretty miraculous though i mean the, the results are so good and i mean i know a number of people who have had it and i mean it's just like you know you have, i mean people are having such a hard time walking um and then you know they get their lives back i mean they can play sports they can yeah. you know do all kinds of things so it's it's super when it's when it's successful it's just life-changing and a great surgery but you know again you know it, things can go wrong and um you want to do everything to avoid it and avoiding using this product is going to give you a better odds of a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I know one of the Kardashians, the Kardashian mom, I don't know her name. Chris. Chris, yes. Chris Kardashian, she she got hip replacement. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, apparently she did okay. I haven't heard any big craziness about it. Probably didn't use bear hugger. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully not. Her, her doctors are, are good enough to know. Yeah. Well, we are actually running a little long this time. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're, we can start closing out here. Is there anything, any last topics you kind of wanted to cover? Um, you know, a couple of questions, but we can hit on those next time. Um, you know, uh, I guess one of them I just kind of wanted to touch on briefly because we got such a response to the whole Tesla story. And I was just kind of shocked and surprised because I was a little bit nervous about it just because, you know, it was talking about racial discrimination and I certainly didn't want it to come off in any, um, in any uh, way that would, you know, indicate that we were at all racist, God forbid, yeah. you know, um, but that wasn't even at all. I mean, and, 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 and the clips that we had, um, you know, were certainly clear that that was not the situation, but, um, people just like kind of lost their shit over this. And I mean, so many people were just like saying that we were lying and, you know, that, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure what we're lying about. I mean, all we're doing is we're talking about the fact that this lawsuit, that there was, a, there was a successful lawsuit, mm-hmm. um, that the jury did find that there was racial discrimination on, um, the production floor. Uh, they did award the guy money. There is another lawsuit. So, you know, again, it's not like we're making this stuff up. It's public record. Um, and we didn't really even express any strong opinions about the lawsuit. But but a lot of people think like, oh, my gosh, we're attacking Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, not not so much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have any, you know, any feelings towards Tesla or Elon Musk. No, I mean, no, I think don't. they're cool cars. I yeah. mean, I'm not buying one simply because I'm not ready for the whole electric thing. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I think they're pretty, you know, they have some, there are some issues, but there are issues with lots of cars. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything against Elon Musk. I feel like, I, if anything, I like Elon Musk. I, I like his innovative ways. Um, he's pumped cryptocurrency before. Ah, there's, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a little, bo- little bit where he replaced the Twitter icon with Dogecoin. Oh, Dogecoin that's icon. right. Made some money off that one. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it's there's, there's no reason for us to have any like feeling one way or the other. It's just kind of staying that exists. I bet you the people that are really upset about it and thinking that we are somehow trying to diminish the name of Tesla, probably Tesla owners. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe stockholders. stockholders. I don't know. Yeah. Or not. I mean, the fact is there was this lawsuit, whatever you feel about it. Um, yeah. But then there were like comments, too, about just saying that that's just how people behave in work environments. I'm like, well, not cool and not legal. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever called anyone monkey toes when I'm working at. A... Well, I certainly hope not. No. I mean, and if you do, expect to be sued, and yeah. then expect us to talk about the fact that you were sued. Not, you know. Yeah, I mean, anyway. that's just like some insanely derogatory terms you can't really oh, pass geez. off as just like, oh, just boys being boys at the at the factory. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty insane stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting because, man, there was like a lot of a, a lot of action on that and just people getting so worked up and so pissed off, you know, and pissed off at us, you know. And, and again, I mean, I, I don't mind people being pissed off at me. It's, it's all good. You know, any publicity is any publicity is yeah. good publicity or something like that. But it was just funny because, I mean, lying about it. Well, not really Google it. There really is a case out there. And you may have your feelings one way or the other about it, but it is what it is. And yeah. Anyhow, I guess that's just the nature of this 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 thing we do, this podcast. It's well, going it to get people worked up sometimes. Huh? Well, I just think law topics in general, and especially when you start touching on, you know, like we, we do the weekly updates on, on cases or inter- interesting cases on the news. Yeah. And a lot of the interesting stuff is the stuff people are the most familiar with. And, you know, a lot of it's stuff they don't want to hear. But well, we're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep talking yeah. about it. So go ahead, blow up our Facebook. It's all right. If, if you want, uh, uh. you know, the filtered and the safe uh, <laughs> news, the fake news, go ahead and watch uh, the local news station. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you're going to get on Prioritizing no, Profit. Prioritize Profit, you can get the cold hard facts. <laughs> Yeah, pisses you off, it may, but that's okay. Yeah. Let us know. We'd be happy to. We'll be happy to talk about it on the next one. <laughs> Speaking of the next one, I think we are closing out yeah. here. What uh, what topics are we looking at? You know, like like we said earlier in the show, we won't be filming next week. We'll, we will have some content coming out, um, but for the next show after that, or I guess the next show that we'll be posting. Uh, what do we have to look forward uh, to? Well, a couple of things. Uh, obviously, whatever juicy things happen in the news that might uh, you know, get people worked up between now and then, we'll be sure to pick those out and highlight them. Um, but uh, probably on, on our topic, there's um, another uh, hernia mesh lawsuit, the Covidian one, so we'll probably talk a little bit about that. And then also, just really interesting, the whole Ozempic, um, you know, that people are using it as a weight loss, oh, and a yeah. diabetes drug. And so um, there are some lawsuits now. Um, against the company manufacturing Ozempic because it's causing some major um, gallbladder issues. Yeah. So we'll probably touch on that as well because that's that's interesting. A lot of people are a lot of people are using it. Yeah, there's so. a ton of stuff about Hollywood actresses yeah. and actors using it yeah. for for weight loss. So yeah, I'm interested to get into that one. Yeah, so we'll we'll have some good stuff. Awesome. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Thank you everyone for tuning in to prioritizing profits. Uh, remember to, to check us out social media we're everywhere facebook we're instagram tiktok youtube you know whatever it is if you got any questions feel free to throw them down in the comments uh we love questions we love answering whether they're they're frustrating or angry with us whatever it is we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about it um but yeah thank you everyone for for tuning in and we'll see you next week all right see you next time 
prioritizing profits, prioritizing, prioritizing, prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases.